Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about mental blocks. You've probably seen that dancer who just freezes when they try to do a certain skill. It could be a new hip-hop trick, a new jump, an aerial, anything. It's pretty common for dancers, especially when they're trying to learn a new skill, that they freeze and will say, like, I can't do it. And they absolutely... Nothing you do helps. You're trying to be positive and encourage them and spot them and do everything you can think of, and they just freeze. Sometimes mental blocks happen when it's a skill that the dancer has actually done before, and they're actually good at it. They've been able to do the skill successfully for a long time, and then something happens. Maybe they miss it during an important competition or they get injured, but now they have this mental block and they can't do the skill anymore. I know as a teacher, it's so frustrating when you're watching a dancer who you know they have every ability to do it, and it doesn't matter what you say, or it seems like they're just stuck. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you a simple four-step process to overcome a mental block. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Overcoming a mental block starts with mental toughness training, training that takes place a little bit at a time every day. Think of it like improving your jumps or your balance. You have to work at it consistently and constantly. It's a part of your culture and practice and in class. Everyday atmosphere is about working on this mental toughness. But even with the most mentally tough athletes, sometimes a dancer gets a mental block and it prevents them from executing a skill. So this is something that I'm going to talk specifically about overcoming a mental block, but know that it's something that you can work on a little bit at a time every day, kind of that broad mental toughness training that will make getting over a mental block easier. What causes a mental block? It could be a lot of things, but the most common ones that I see are an injury that causes a mental block on a previously learned skill or a general lack of confidence and a fixed mindset when a dancer is trying to do something new. Generally what's happening when you freeze before you do a skill is your brain is sending your body the message that what you're about to do isn't safe. It's your brain's job to keep you safe. So if you get that alarm bell going off, going stop, too dangerous, stop, your brain is trying to protect you. So it's it's normal, it's natural, like it's part of our survival as humans for our brain to kind of check in and say stop, this is too dangerous. But if we ignore it and push through, your brain's just going to push back even harder. Like that survival mechanism is very deeply rooted. So if you just try to drive and push through a mental block, if your brain is telling you that this is too dangerous, it's just going to push back. There's also some kind of seemingly harmless things that can cause a mental block. So if you feel like it came out of nowhere, be aware of some of these small things that could cause it. Sometimes parents or coaches bragging about success can bring on a mental block. An athlete who is afraid of failure and then doesn't want to cause trouble. They're scared that if they fail, it's going to you know, disappoint people, cause problems within their team or their program. If they're afraid of failure, it can cause that mental block. Expecting to always move forward 
can be a mental block. Sometimes as dancers, we have to realize that we may have to take a step back in order to take that leap forward, right? That in our training, sometimes we go backwards, right? I've trained a lot with, you know, flexibility or, you know, proper technique and like a grand battement. And if you sometimes you have to go lower your leg to have proper alignment, right? And there's a lot of young dancers that are like, no, 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 but I can go higher. I can go higher. It's like not with good technique. You got to bring your hip down or whatever needs to happen. And sometimes if an athlete expects, like I always move forward, like going back is not an option. Then if they do go back, they're kind of defeated and they'll have that mental block. Another thing that can cause a mental block that may seem harmless, but it's using a reward when they go for that scary skill. If you start kind of bribing them, essentially, and I know we do it out of trying to be positive and trying to be helpful, but uh, creating a reward at the end uh, can actually cause that mental block and make it worse. Because again, the block is happening because their brain is stopping them. It's telling them it's too dangerous. So just rewarding them for pushing through can backfire. So regardless of where it comes from, a mental block can be devastating to a dancer. So here are a few steps to start the work it takes to overcome a mental block. Step one is to acknowledge the block. Think of this as the awareness phase, both for you as a teacher and a coach or you as the dancer. First step is to be aware and acknowledge the block. One of the hardest things for an athlete can be to even acknowledge that they're experiencing a mental block. They will just push through or say something like, oh, it's okay, I'll get it eventually and then be forced to stop trying because they can't even get through one attempt. So the first thing you can do as their teacher is to help them acknowledge the reason they can't practice the skill successfully is a mental block and not a physical one. I think for many of you as teachers and coaches, you know your dancers and you know like they have the skill to do this aerial. They have the skill to do this new, uh, to do rubber band and hip hop. They're capable, but they're stuck. So if you know it's not a physical thing, you may be able to kind of guide them to say there's a mental block that's causing this, not a physical one. So as challenging as it is, a mentally tough athlete has to embrace their fear of failure. Acknowledge the challenge in front of them. Attack their fear head on. Understand it's going to take work and then be ready to put in the work with them. Only then will they overcome their mental block and successfully tackle this skill. So this often starts with a growth mindset, which is that belief that the dancer can get better with effort. Dancers with a fixed mindset often have a much harder time overcoming a mental block. More on this mindset issue uh, in the future, I know I'll be diving into growth versus fixed mindset. But at the core of it, a dancer with a growth mindset believes that they can get better with effort. And a dancer with a fixed mindset believes they have a fixed level of ability. So if they're stuck, they've reached their full potential. So in step one, it's really about helping them acknowledge that this is a mental block and they do have the ability to overcome it with work and effort. And you're there to support them through it. If a mental block happens or there's a slide back in confidence on a skill, try to notice the patterns. You know, what were you doing today that might have influenced things? You will always experience a slip in confidence and skills at some point. It's not always up, 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 right? I think more experienced dancers understand that's going to have some natural ebb and flow to it. So when that slip in confidence happens, try to learn the lesson. Like what happened today that caused me to have that uh, slip? Bad days can actually teach us a lot. So pay attention. What were you thinking about? Was it a mental thing? How is your body feeling? Is it a physical thing? What did you do in warm up today? Like it's all about bringing more awareness to the problem. So during the step one to just 
acknowledge what's happening and then try to bring awareness to the problem of recognizing that it is a mental skill. And then when you have those bad training days, trying to step back and assess like what's going on and try to notice patterns so you know what you can go address in the future. Step two is to improve self-talk. We all get in our own heads sometimes. We talk ourselves out of trying something scary. We talk ourselves into that third cookie staring at us from the kitchen counter. I do that one a lot. There's that self-talk issue is anything that's going on in your head. We can talk ourselves into things and out of things pretty regularly. So what we say to ourselves is that self-talk and it has a lot of power over our actions. When an athlete is facing a mental block, their self-talk is usually grounded in negative statements that start with what if. So they might be thinking, what if I fall? What if I make a fool of myself in front of everyone? What if I get hurt? What if I can't do it? What if I'm not good enough? Usually the self-talk that's coming before this mental block has this what if statement. There's something that they're scared of. So as a teacher, your job is to help your athlete turn those negative self-talk statements into something different. So rather than what if, you could say, so what? So what if I fall? There's a map or a spotter there. Uh, So what if I make a fool of myself? They're my teammates. They'll pick me back up. So what if I can't do it? I can't do it yet, but I will be able to with practice. Adding yet to the end of things is one of the most brilliant, simple ways to switch that self-talk. Self-talk is an internal process, though. You don't usually hear what an athlete is saying to herself as she stands frozen on the floor, unable to try a skill. But if you know your dancers, you know their face when they're overthinking things. You know their body language when they aren't confident. So stop and check in with them. You know, ask them what they're thinking. If you have created a positive climate in, within your class or within your team, they will be comfortable sharing their thoughts with you. So recognize the negative what if type statement and help them rephrase it into a so what statement. Then they have to repeat it over and over and over, right? It's not going to be a one-time fix today, but again, you're bringing awareness to what's going on and helping them recognize their self-talk, especially if you're dealing with younger dancers like uh, middle school and early high school. Self-talk is a pretty new concept and just being aware of their self-talk is a huge step forward. So just helping them, like as you're sitting there stuck, what what's going on? What are you saying? And many of them are like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And because they're, they're so scared, they can't recognize what they're saying. And so just helping them acknowledge, like there's something you're saying to yourself right here. We got to get to the bottom of it. What's going on here? And then help them switch it from that what if type of statement to a so what. If they have a mental block, they're already in the habit of negative self-talk. Like it's already there. It's rooted. It's strong. It's got a hold of them because they can't do this skill. And those habits are not easy to change. It's going to take work, repetition, reminders, and discipline. But if a dancer can change how he talks to himself, he's on his way to overcome that crippling mental block. This episode is brought to you by the Dance Coach Membership Releve, a community for dance coaches on the rise. This community is designed to help you create a team of committed, hardworking dancers that are a pleasure to coach every day. I've learned a lot about coaching other coaches over the years, and one thing I know is we need clear action plans that are easy to implement and a support network around us. So I created a membership to help all the dance coaches out there who want to rise up and make a difference on their team. Head over to passionatecoach.com slash membership to learn more about how to join us inside this dance coach membership where you will get the support and guidance to find a new level of joy and success in coaching. 
That's passionatecoach.com slash membership. Step three is to reduce the challenge. Depending on what skill the dancer is struggling with, anything you can do to help reduce the physical skill demands and make it easier so that she can like baby step her way into the skill can make a dramatic difference. So things like practicing on a trampoline, in a harness, learning on a mat, Uh, They're all great kind of traditional, like from gymnastics ways that we can reduce the challenge. But dancers who are afraid of a new hip hop trick or an aerial or something that are trying to learn, they can try easier versions of the skill. You know, practice with a spotter, practice on a mat, practice only half a turn instead of a full turn, right? Anything to reduce the physical demands of the task will allow an athlete to feel less scared and more able to tackle the challenge. So combined with those positive self-talk statements, So what if I fall? I'm on a mat. So what if I can't do it? Spotter will catch me. Like those statements and reducing the tasks will help an athlete get over the hurdle of their mental block and start attempting the skill. Then you can slowly increase the demands until the athlete's able to do the whole skill. So then this usually brings up a question for me when I'm working with athletes about this, like how far back should you go in the skill progression? Or like how far back do you go to you? like how much easier do you need to make it? Are you just taking it one step back? Or are you taking it 10 steps back? Right. And really the answer is as far back as you need to. So remember what I said that a block in your brain is that like alarm bell going off that you have to stop. This is dangerous. So essentially you have to go back as far as you need to, to calm down that alarm bell. For some dancers, it might be just a one step back for my, for others, it might be way far back from the skill they're trying to do. You can go back to, you know, trying to do it on a mat or doing, getting a spotter, but go back as far as you need to in the skill progression in order to be able to do it without that alarm going off in your head. Then once you can do that, do at least 10 repetitions at that basic level. Once you figured out how far back you can go before your brain uh, tells you to stop, then you can do it do it at least 10 times at that level. You want to build muscle memory and gain confidence at that easier level before you go back to the harder skill. If you only do it once the easy way and then go right back to the hard skill with the block, you'll probably get stuck again. And then you're actually adding to your brain's negative reaction. Emotional negative memories stick with us more than positive. It's just how our brains work. And usually the more emotional things have much stronger roots. So you need a lot of positive experiences to combat the bad memory of freezing. So back up as far as you need to and do at least 10 repetitions, build a lot of kind of positive experiences to boost the confidence and then take one step forward, do 10 repetitions there, build that positive um, emotion and those positive memories again, go one step forward and work your way back to the full skill. Some final thoughts on this. It is okay to seek outside help and know that this will take time and it happens to everyone. There's nothing wrong with asking for a little guidance and help. A mental block can be serious and so it can take a lot of time to overcome it. The roots of mental blocks lie in those negative emotional reactions like worry and fear, for example. And then that vicious cycle starts with a drop in self-esteem and confidence. So the best thing for an athlete is a new outlook, some understanding and coping strategies, which may be above and beyond your role as a coach or a teacher. That's okay. For many athletes, the basic steps we've talked about will really help. But if the roots are a lot deeper, it may take a professional. But I also, but I want to iterate here that 
a lot of these basic steps work for like 90% of the time. It's just acknowledging what it is, going through that self-talk and reducing the demands and kind of putting all that together and repeating this over and over and over again to build that confidence again. Remember, confidence naturally fluctuates. It's okay. But learning the tools to bounce back quickly can make the difference between a bad day and a bad year, right? You want to learn to recognize that slide in confidence and stop it before it gets out of control. You can learn resilience training, how to handle the bad days so they don't define you. If you want help learning these tools and working with other like-minded dance educators, we'd love to have you inside our Releve membership. Releve means to rise, and all of us inside the membership are working on bettering ourselves so we can help our dancers rise up. Links to find out more about the membership and join the waitlist are in the show notes, and you can always email me, send me a DM on Instagram, ask me all the questions that are coming up. Sometimes we need support to learn these skills and really make the impact we want with our dancers. I hope this inspires some new ideas for you to take back to your dancers the next time one of them freezes in fear. If you liked this episode and found it helpful, please take a second to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with anyone who you think might find it helpful. Thank you for listening and keep sharing your passion for dance with the world.